Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city built upon a hill cannot be hid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few hundred years ago, a Native American tribe called the Timaqua wandered up this very hill. They stood upon the hill and looked out over the river and they could see all this land all around them. And they decided that this hill was sacred. It was holy. And they worshiped. Years later, the first Christians would walk up this very same hill and look out over the river and the land and would declare this place holy. They decided that this was the place to build a church where you could see far and wide and they named the church St. John's Church, just like the river, St. John's River, which is named after the fourth gospel, St. John the Evangelist, whose symbol is the eagle, the eagle that soars above and sees everything. With hard labor and sweat, they built the first church right here on what was called Billy Goat Hill, and it was completed in 1834. And around them, slowly, a city began to grow. As the boats went up and down the river and commerce grew, so the city grew. When the Yankees came through in the Civil War, they burned this church to the ground. The priests and the people gathered together on the hill, surrounded by nothing but ashes and the remnants of a few walls. And they prayed, should we stay? Is this still a place for a church? And they heard a resounding yes from God. So they worked hard to build a second church upon this very spot, made of brick. And the city continued to grow and thrive. Then in 1901, in a factory, a fire started. A fire that would burn all over the city, wiping out everything, including this very church, again. And again, the congregation stood amongst these ashes and prayed and decided not only to build again, but to build better, this time from stone. And this very edifice was completed in 1906. 
think back with me to that time where they had, they didn't have the equipment we have today. And look what they did. The city grew and prospered. Beautiful old homes grew all up around this neighborhood. Business was at its height. Great department stores and restaurants. The city was very well populated. Up until about the 1950s, when two things happened. First of all, and very importantly, the Bishop of Florida decided to name this church a cathedral and to change us. The word cathedral comes from cathedra, which is a chair on which the bishop sits. But what it means is that we no longer were just a regular parish church. We were a church that was in special relationship with our city, a civic church, you could say. We became a place that the city would look to for leadership and guidance. And we became a mother church that would help other churches to thrive and grow. At the same time that we were named a cathedral, something else began to happen all across this country. Americans started moving out of the urban cores of the cities. We liked our automobiles. We wanted more space. And so we created what became known as suburbia. And Jacksonville spread way out. And people moved out of the core in droves. the dean and vestry of this cathedral prayed about what they were supposed to do. Were they supposed to move away? Again, they decided that this holy hill was a special place and that they were supposed to remain. And while everyone else was leaving, this cathedral started creating ministries that would grow and expand beyond anything any one of them could have pictured. They built those high-rises that are near us, 364 apartments for elderly people who are on the poverty line or below. They built a nursing home. Mary Packer Cummings gave land on the St. John's River, and they started a school that would become Episcopal School of Jacksonville. They started another school. Members of this cathedral started other ministries, like I M. Solzbacher, who sat in these pews, built the homeless shelter that now houses hundreds of people. Dottie Dorian, who sits right in our second row today, started the medical clinic called Volunteers in Medicine where working uninsured people could get good medical care. Out of this church came things like Habijacks, Meals on Wheels, 
which delivers hundreds of thousands of meals a year, started here. And on and on and on. In the Middle Ages, cathedrals were at the heart of a village, and they not only worshipped, but from their worship, they created all kinds of things, art, music, universities were born out of cathedrals. I like to tell deans of universities that I was a dean first. <laughs> there is something that happens when people gather to worship together at this altar, on this holy hill, something mysterious and magnificent. I have been here now for 13 years. I am convinced that Mark and I and the other priests and acolytes, we have the better view on Sunday morning. You guys get to look at the stained glass and the altar, and they're beautiful. I get to see you. You are the living light of Christ, the living face of Christ. And after 13 years, I don't just see you. I also see people who have sat in these pews and now gone on to the Lord. I see Bonnie Grissett, who when I first moved to Jacksonville, met me at the door with her vacuum cleaner. And as I unrolled my carpets, she vacuumed them for me. I see John Donahue, who sat over there and every week when the garbage men came by his house, he always went out with cash to pay them, just a little extra. I see Della Van Baldwin, who helped build so many ministries at the cathedral, or Frank Bellamy, who always made sure my hair looked right when I was <laughs> putting on my vestments. I see so much goodness and light shining from this place. Now today we've been given some words from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Rich and powerful words, but they're confusing. In chapter 6, Jesus says to us, when you pray, pray in secret so nobody sees you. When you give alms, give in secret so your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. But in chapter 5, which we hear today, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light shine before all people. So I'm wondering, I feel like saying, Jesus, am I supposed to let my light shine or am I supposed to hide? I think that our prayer practices, especially Episcopalians, we like to keep them quiet. We like to keep them sacred. We don't want to show off. The same with our giving, and that's good. But shining your light is different. Your light comes from Jesus. 
And when you shine light on something, you're focusing on that thing. You're giving it your attention. There are many, many dark places in this world. The darkness is growing. The churches are struggling. And I know that you and I need not be ashamed of who we are. You don't have to pressure anyone to invite them here. They don't even have to believe in anything. You don't even have to invite them to worship. You can invite them to a concert. You can invite them to see the artwork in Tolliver Hall, which was painted by children, some of whom are in detention centers in this city. All God is asking of us is that we share the love that we have found in this community with other people and that we are unafraid to shine our light into the city. When I arrived here, I realized that half of the land around this cathedral was surface parking lots. So we started a nonprofit that has now recruited $44 million of residential investment into this neighborhood. And you're going to hear more about all these things at our annual meeting after this church service. But I want to say, we're only just beginning. There's more stuff going on in the virtual world. I don't even understand what's happening. In the pandemic, God called me and said, you need to pray at your prayer desk with people on your iPhone. So I started doing it, and I thought it would be a couple of weeks. It's been two and a half years. We have a whole new congregation online now, and they're watching from all over the world. My friends, I want you to be unafraid One of my favorite quotes is this one from Mary Ann Murray. She says, our deepest fear is not of our inadequacies. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. There is so much light that goes forth from this hill into this city and beyond. I want you to think of ways that you can share this light with other people. I want you to think of people who may be lonely or afraid, facing darkness of some kind or another. Think about carrying the light that you find here to them. I don't know what that looks like for you. But I know that you'll do it in your own unique and beautiful way. Just turn your attention to the darkness and ask God, what am I supposed to do? How can I shine your light into that darkness? We are entering a new chapter in the life of this cathedral. We have such a wonderful staff, such beautiful music, 
our bookstore is thriving, and there's so much more that needs to be done. I'm looking forward to shining light with you into this city for many years to come.